0: welcome to shedding light hunting stories podcast the podcast that used to be about hunting stories but today we've decided to take a break from that and talk about the coronavirus just kidding welcome to the show ladies and gentlemen hope that you're having a great week this is shedding light hunting stories podcast i'm your host travis williams you're listening to episode 60 Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hope that you are safe in whatever cave you are hiding out in. Uh, Hope that you uh, have your mask and your gloves on and uh, your earbuds in. And uh, (laughs) it has been a crazy week. Uh, I can joke a lot and maybe I shouldn't, um, but you know, I just try and look at these things and whether or not it's serious or not, I'm not going to weigh in on all that. I'll just tell you, um, I don't live in fear. I trust that God is good. He'll bring us through and um, even if he doesn't. I'm still going to just smile and enjoy the day because uh, I have nothing to fear. Uh, There's heaven. So don't threaten me with heaven, coronavirus. I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll whenever the time comes. So that's my view. Hope that you guys are having a great week. That's the end of that discussion because we are here to talk hunting stories. And hopefully this will be a nice break for you in all of the craziness of this past week. So, um... I'm excited today. Uh, I've got a brand new recurve bow that I won at the Bow League banquet uh, last week, and my buddy Trav is going to help me get set up to shoot that thing. I make no guarantees if I will ever hunt with it, but I'm just excited to go up and start shooting it, and it should just be a a nice change of pace with that, so... That's about it. Uh, Last week I was able to travel to Florida, met uh, a guy there at a conference that uh, I thought would be cool to have on the show. Super nice guy, loves to hunt. And so uh, today in the interview, we talk about gator hunting, we talk about whitetail hunting, we talk about close encounters with bears. Uh, This episode has it all. And then we also talk a little bit about parenting. Um, Our guest today is Brent Elliott, and Brent is going to talk a little bit about his kids um, and raising them in hunting, and then also raising them a little bit, he talks about in faith and what that might look like. So I hope that you enjoy this episode, and without further ado, we're just going to jump right in with Brent Elliott. Hey, Brett. How's it going, man? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. What you into today?
1: Oh, just sitting here in my office right now and uh, enjoying some nice warm weather. It's about 83 degrees down here in Florida today.
0: Oh, man. I'm jealous. That's nice. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <clears throat> yeah, we, uh, we were down there a week ago, and that's whenever I bumped into you. We were at the, that conference. And uh, where are you at in Florida?
1: So we're pretty much almost in dead central Florida. We're about an hour north of Orlando. In a little, I live in a little town called Eustis um, okay. here in Lake County. So we're about halfway between um, Orlando and Ocala.
0: Okay, cool. And what do you do there? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So I'm the preaching pastor at Lake Eustis Christian Church and been here at uh, this current church for about eight a little over 8 years um actually a little over 9 years now and um love it uh been in ministry all my all my adult life um went to bible college out of high school and um have worked in churches uh predominantly just two churches um and since I got out of college and have loved it did youth ministry uh did a bunch of stuff with uh, student ministry and then some sports ministry at a larger church and now i am preaching uh pastor at the current church lake eustis
0: oh cool um yeah and that that makes sense i bumped in so what happened the story (laughs) is i was sitting in the back of this class and i noticed a guy in the front of the class that had uh um, well, what kind of shirt was it you I think it was like a mossy, like a real
1: tree or something. Yeah, yeah a
0: real tree or something. I was like, that guy looks like a hunter, and so <laughs> I was like, so I, uh, that's that's what's cool about hunting is I just went up to you, a hunter? Yep. And next thing you know, you and I had a really good conversation. So I thought it'd be cool yeah. to have you on and hear some Not of your stories. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's us a little bit. Uh, family man, got uh, wife, kids, and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Been married uh, actually twenty years. Um, my wife and I are actually. Uh, leaving tomorrow morning uh, actually to come up right actually right up by you guys uh, up there in uh, southern Ohio uh, and so we're going to visit some friends on a kind of 20-year anniversary trip and I've got three kids I've got a senior in high school that's graduating here in a couple months a junior in high school and I have a seventh grader oh, um, man. so yeah life is busy and it's good they're all active in sports and uh, they all love the outdoors. So yeah, I consider myself very blessed for sure.
0: Absolutely. Well, Brent, let's, let's dive into hunting a little bit here. Um, tell us a little bit about, um, just what fires you up. What are you, what's your passion in hunting? What do you like to hunt? And, and, uh, we'll kind of get into some of your stories as we go.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. So yeah, I, uh, actually I didn't grow up, uh, hunting at all. So, uh, and as as a, in my family growing up, we did a lot of fishing. Um, so I spent a lot of time on the water and fished all my life growing up. Um, and I actually didn't get introduced really to hunting until I was an an adult and had my first kid. Um, our son, Wes, Michelle, my wife and I had our first kid and, um, got in, I actually got invited to hunt with my brother-in-law and, um, went and actually the second time I ever sat in a stand I ended up shooting a a small buck and after that I was hooked and mm. uh, haven't looked haven't looked back since and um, <laughs> so I uh so we we started hunting and I love I mean as far as what we like to hunt uh, I, I would i love hunting anything I've really only had the opportunity to hunt for deer and we do some turkey hunting down here and we do a little bit of dove hunting um, We also do we do gator hunting that's a florida thing we we hunt gators and uh so um so but predominantly deer and turkey i mean we'll shoot hogs down here in florida as well because we got a lot of hogs as well but um those are the predominant things that we chase after and do i I, and i do i love it i mean i love i I love the idea of uh, cultivating land to um to get the opportunity to hunt and you put the hard work in over the summer of food plots and hanging stands and with the anticipation of what's gonna happen in the fall, especially when you're dealing with deer hunting. And uh, so yeah, we just we just love that. And that's just a passion of ours to be in the woods and kinda get away from the hustle and bustle and uh, spend some quality time in the woods and especially when you're doing with your friends and your family and, and all my kids hunt, so it's it's fun to be out in the woods with them.
0: Oh cool. So you've been able to get them into it?
1: Yeah, that's been a huge thing for for me. Is um, what we do is I anything we do we try to do with our family, and so um, I don't get a I don't get a whole lot of opportunities to go off and hunt different places by myself, um, which I'm okay with because most of the time that I'm, when we're hunting, I'm with one of my kids. Either either they're in the stand with me because I've got one that's younger, um, or uh, the other two are all in stand by themselves, and but we're still on the same piece of property. and just love it. I, I just I'm so blessed that my kids like to be outdoors and love the same kind of stuff that I love to do. and and I'm also very grateful that my wife, even though she doesn't enjoy honey, she doesn't want to, she doesn't restrict us. She loves she I mean she supports it because she knows that we love it. and so it's been great.
0: So Brent, are you guys, um, is this your own land that you primarily do most of your hunting on, or are you kind of going other places? Do you do any public land hunting or is it mostly private?
1: We, we, um, we do hunt a little bit of public land, but here in Florida, um, land is at a premium and, uh, I mean, and I realize it is in most places, but here, especially, it just seems like there's so many people that are trying to hunt and, um, not to, not to knock public land, but um, it can get a little bit, I don't know, dicey sometimes if, if, and temp, tempers flare sometimes when you're in the woods and if someone thinks they're someone's encroaching or things of that nature. So, we try to do um, if we do public land hunting, we we normally just do some archery hunting um, early in the okay. season because that typically is a little bit less crowded out there and it, there's just so many people that want to hunt and. And down in Florida, you're, you're able to run dogs, um, in a lot of the public land areas. And so at least in where, where I live, it's just gets once general gun starts, it just gets kind of chaotic out there. Cause there's just people running, every running everywhere. And so we try to, we try to limit our public land. So we lease property, um, from different organizations, uh, timber companies and things of that nature. And so we've had the opportunity with some people in our church to lease some land um, from, like I said, timber companies, and then it's private for us. I mean, there's sometimes timber guys on there that are working the trees and the timber, but primarily we've got the place to ourselves to hunt, and it's been a lot safer, but also a lot, a lot more productive than public land, it seems, for us.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I And growing up, I felt the same way about public. We didn't venture onto it a whole lot, even though we were surrounded by what's called Wayne National Forest up around us. Uh, we, we okay. t- typically uh, kind of the same feeling. It was l- just a little nervous cause you didn't know now, now I'm getting to public a little bit more, but I understand that completely. Sometimes it's just, it's a little bit more settling whenever you're on private ground, knowing who's supposed to be there, who's not supposed to be there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That you don't have to really worry about walking in early when it's dark and wondering, am I walking in and am I going to when it gets daylight am I going to be sitting beside someone that's 50 yards away or something along those lines and yeah that happens sometimes in public land and and for the most part people are very gracious about it but you just don't want an altercation out there where tempers might flare
0: yeah absolutely well Brent let's let's uh, hop into some of your favorite stories so as you're looking back um, first off I have to ask have you have you been it intrigues me have you been gator hunting have you had any luck uh, going after gators
1: uh yeah Sure thing. We, uh, we've, uh, we've caught a lot of gators. Um, I grew up as a kid catching gators really like all growing up before it became a, an illegal thing, unless you had a license. So we caught little gators all my life growing up as kids, but, uh, but as adults, yeah, we, there's a lottery system in Florida where you put in and get drawn for a gator tag. And, um, so I've gone with other people that have been drawn for gator tags, and we've gone out and there's six or seven of us that go out in the boat, and yeah, we've we've caught some we've caught some big gators. Um, some of my friends have caught some that were um, a little over 11 foot, so there's there's some big ones down here, and yeah, it's a blast. It's it's a lot of fun, no doubt.
0: Is it my only experience with that whatsoever is swamp people, right? So is it, <laughs> is it anything like that? Is it, you know, there's a line and then the line down you got to grab the line. And then some somebody says, chew them, you know, is that, is it yeah, like that yeah, or dry, a little, little, yeah. little different?
1: We, uh, <laughs> we do, uh, there, there is a little bit of that that happens, uh, and there's different legalities of how you can hunt, um, I think in Louisiana, I think that's where that the Swamp People episodes are, are filmed. I right. think that out there they must have some different laws because in Florida you can't just take your rifle and take off and go shooting gators or swimming across or things of that nature. So here in Florida you have to uh, either hook them by a pole um, or harpoon them or uh, like bow, bow fish for them, uh, things of that nature. And then you have to use um, – uh to harvest that animal you have to use what we call a bang stick and it has to be um uh, detonated or, or deployed underwater not so not out of the water and stuff like that because most of our most of florida where you're hunting for alligators you're on lakes that there are people i mean there's docks all around and people live in the houses right on the lake so there's a little bit more precaution that comes into it but but it's definitely fun and uh it, it is definitely a blast and gator tail is really good to eat so it's uh oh, wow. it makes it worth
0: it yeah i've never tried that oh, that's cool any yeah. have, like any crazy you know you always see on the show somebody's falling in or there's something crazy any crazy <laughs> experiences gator hunting or is it pretty much just you know once you go you kind of learn how to do it safe and you don't do stupid things like they they do on tv
1: yeah you uh every once in a while you get some crazy stuff that happens um that uh that you're not expecting. Um, most of the time it's pretty calm uh but there i guess it depends really on who you have go with you and i i typically like to go with people uh gator hunting that kind of know the ropes and aren't gonna like freak out if something goes a little bit haywire and and uh and panic um also you just never know with certain people so one time this is years ago um, we were out gator hunting and I was out with a buddy and some, actually there was like three or four of us in the boat. And then one, he brought someone new, like someone I didn't know. I never met him. And this guy shows up and he's got, um, I don't know. He looks a little bit like Crocodile Dundee guy. <laughs> he's got this like, he's got this like giant knife on the side, on his side, on his, on his belt. And, uh, I thought, this is kind of weird. And so we get out there and we catch, you know, we, we end up hooking, uh, an alligator And it's not very big. It's only probably, I don't know, it's maybe seven foot, something like that. So it's not big enough that we're going to take, but we've got them hooked. So we've got to get them on the boat and get the hook out of them and all that kind of stuff. So we pulled this gator up. And I remember we're on like this Carolina skiff boat and I'm not, I'm going to try not to be too graphic here, but we, we get this gator up on the boat and um, and it's, the, the gators are sitting there. We're holding – we're, like, holding it down because we're trying to get the hook out. And all of a sudden, this, this new guy from the back of the boat comes running up. Seriously, it was like a movie scene from Crocodile Dundee. And he pulls his knife out as he's running. And he's running across the boat, and he jumps on this gator and just disposes of the gator with his knife. And it's, like, the most – terrible mess you've ever seen in your life <laughs> oh on the front of the boat God, it, i mean it's just horrible so so he so missed the me- it, he missed uh, the horrible.
0: memo that <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah he didn't realize that that wasn't a big enough gator for us to harvest i mean legally you can but it wasn't one you wanted so because you only get a couple tags and so you want to use them on large gators but so yeah that was i, I don't think he ever got invited back to uh, <laughs> to uh to gator hunt with us so oh, yeah, there's every once funny. in a while you get some wild guards that do things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I know that you're a, a whitetail hunter, so maybe we could uh, <laughs> use here a little bit. Um, talk, uh, talk to us a little bit about your whitetail experiences and some of those, those memories that stand out for you as kind of like, you know, just really good experiences that you've had in the woods.
1: Yeah, sure thing. Um, yeah, like I said, most of what we hunt is, is whitetail and, um, and, uh, um, for us, I mean, we're, I live in Florida and so most of the deer down here in Florida are, uh, smaller than they are in most parts of the United States. Um, uh, we'll every once in a while run into a, a decent buck, but most of them are pretty small and we'll, we'll harvest some small buck and, um, and we'll try and shoot a couple of dough every year to put some meat in the freezer. Cause we, um, yeah, we definitely use the deer meat and, uh for our grocery bill and help. So um, so I guess some of my favorite stories of of hunting, and the one that was uh, really ironic was um, my son was, I think my son, I don't know how old my son was. Anyway, it was his birthday. And so we're going out to hunt on this piece of property that we had been invited by one of our friends from the church. And he had some acreage out uh, east of us. So we go out to hunt. And it's my son's birthday. And uh, he invited us to come out on, on the birthday, on, his, on my son's birthday. So we go out and we're walking into the woods. We're all three walking into the woods, my son, and myself, and this other guy. And we're all going to sit in different stands. And, uh, and so we asked my son, said, Well, we want to sit today because he knew the property and said, It's your, it's your birthday. You're, you pick where you want to sit. And uh, the stand that he normally likes to sit in, he decided not to. And he picks another stand. And so we go in and sit down and, um, and sitting there and trying to see what we can see and hadn't seen anything all morning. Actually, it was really, really windy that morning. And I really wasn't expecting to see a whole lot just because of the wind. And, uh, so we're sitting there and I was, man, I was sure hoping that my son, Wes, would get a chance for a nice deer. And he had been seeing some decent bucks on the property. And, so lo and behold, uh, about eight o'clock in the morning, I uh, I actually was checking email on my phone and I ended up looking up and here comes uh, a nice eight point just walked in. And all I could think of is I should let this deer walk and see if it walks toward my son. But the deer was actually walking like toward uh, the property line and going next door. And so uh, so I shoot the deer and uh, the deer drops right where uh, where it was. Nice buck. Um, a, Pretty good sized deer for for Florida standards, at least for Central Florida standards. Uh, ends up being my biggest buck that I've ever killed, and um, and so I uh, I sit around for a little while because it's pretty early in the morning. And uh, this is my son didn't have his phone with him, and so I couldn't text him to tell him that I shot a deer. Uh, I'm sure he heard it, and so later on I had to I finally got down and walked over to where my son was and met up, and he's like, "Did you shoot something?" And I said. And I, was, I was, I was, I felt so bad to tell him I did, and so we walked up and and uh, there. So we walk up and there's this deer. This, I mean, the, the biggest deer any either one of us have ever killed. And I shot it on his birthday from the stand that he normally sits in, but he chose to sit <laughs> in a different stand. And uh, so we we laugh and laugh and laugh about that all the time. Because every time, because we ended up getting it mounted, it's on the wall in our living room. And every time we talk about it, I'm like, Wes, that, that could have been your deer, but you just picked the wrong stand that day. And so we do, we laugh about that even to this day. And even even the landowner joked with it as well. He joked with me because he had been telling me that he has been seeing, seeing a good buck. And, uh, and so we uh, we walked out and saw the deer that morning after I shot it and the landowner walked with me and he just stands there and looks at it. He goes, I can't believe you shot my buck on my property. <laughs> and uh, so we had a good laugh about it. But uh, it's, yeah, that's still a joke in our family for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And so, your, your, your son probably won't let you live that one down, I bet.
1: No, no, exactly. Yeah, he he still haunts me about that one. That I, I took his deer that he could have had, but um <laughs> And we had another situation happen with my, um, middle child, my daughter, um, one of our daughters, her name is Kaylin, And she was just, she's just getting into hunting and she's done some shooting. And, and so she shoots a, um, we, we, when we go out the woods, she uses a two, two, three. And, um, so we're out and we're sitting in the stand together and it's, um, it's doe week here in Florida. So in Florida, there's certain days during the hunting season you're allowed to harvest a doe and it was one of those days and so we're trying to put some meat in the freezer i'm trying to get her her first deer and so we're sitting in the stand that morning and we're looking down uh, kind of at a food plot in front of us and this these two deer will walk out and the food plot start feeding and they're about they're about 80 yards away and it's kind of in a uh it, the food plots kind of basically uh um in a lane of trees. that's just between some pine trees. So you got a long lane. We're looking down and the, the deer are about 80 yards out in front of us. And so I get her position, get her ready to go. I think she's, I think she was 14 at this time. And, um, first time she's ever shot at a deer first time she ever harvested deer. So we're sitting there and stand, get her position, right. Um, and I tell her, go ahead. And whenever you're comfortable, and tell her kind of, we go through what she's supposed to do. She's practiced. And uh, so she pulls the trigger, and the gun goes off, and the deer just, like, nobody moves. Like, the deer just, like, stand up there because they were feeding. they stand up and look around, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, and I'm thinking, that's just so weird. So I, I didn't know, like, did, did something not, did the, I don't know, the cartridge not come out? What happened? Because uh, they didn't move at all. And so we racked another uh, bullet in. Got her position again. This is probably about 45 seconds in between. She shoots again, misses again. The deer hop a little bit, and but they, they stay right there. I mean, they don't even move. Like, I can't even believe they're not moving. I've never had this happen in my life before. And so I'm like, all right. Let's, at first, I was thinking, I'm just going to shoot so we can actually shoot something. But uh, I racked another one in and gave it to her, and she shot and finally hit it. And so about that, about the time she shot the third shot, I get a text from one of my buddies is on the property as well. And he's like, what's going on over there? (laughs) He's like, why are y'all shooting so many times? And, uh, so I had to explain to him what was going on, but it was the craziest thing. These deer just sat, I mean, just didn't move at all. Like they picked their heads up and then they went back to feeding again. And so I guess finally the third time was a charm and she was able to harvest that doe and so that was her first doe. And so we, uh, we we laugh about that still today that oh we call her old three shot cable that's what that's what her name is so
0: <laughs> was she excited when she finally got it uh, oh, you yeah. got her hands she on the did.
1: oh yeah she was elated that she actually finally got it done and finally shot one uh, so yeah she was yeah she was super stoked about that for sure and then um I guess it's funny because all my stories relate to my kids but uh I, Interesting story with um, my youngest daughter was happened actually just this past hunting season. So she is in seventh grade and is just now getting where she shoots and stuff like that. And um, so she went out hunting with me, and we went to a we went to a friend of ours that that uh, is in our church, and we went out to their property. They've got a small little piece of property, and they've got a kind of a clearing in the woods that's right behind. A shed that they have like it holds their water pump and all that kind of stuff so we're we go out and we sit we're not even in a ground blind we're basically just sitting right beside the shed and we've got just like we've got like a little bit of cover in front of us um but we're looking out in this little meadow and uh in florida we've got a lot of we've got a lot of black bears and um my daughter my youngest daughter that had with me that day mckenna she's very like She's kind of apprehensive about things, a little bit nervous about things, and gets a little bit scared every once in a while. And so we uh, we're sitting on the on the ground. Uh, we're sitting in these little stools, and it's it's bow season. So she's holding the crossbow, and we're sitting there. And we sat for about an hour. And I start hearing something kind of behind us, and I turn around to see what it is. And I thought at first that it was a uh, a hog coming out of the woods, but I looked again at it, and it ends up being a black bear, and uh, oh, which is not uncommon. We see a lot of them. I mean, they're they're always around, so we see we see them quite often. when We hunt, but the art issue was we're sitting on the ground, we're on the stools, and this bear, no joke, comes right up beside us. And so I tell my daughter, I, I lean over and whisper, I said, "It's a bear. Just be still. It don't move." So this bear kind of walks around the shed, kind of around toward us. And then he comes. I mean, and when I say he comes close, I could have reached out and touched him. That's how close he walked to us. And um, and so he stands about this bear stands about probably four foot in front of us, five foot in front of us, and stops and turns and looks dead at us. I mean, straight at us. And um, and so uh, I didn't want to move or make any sudden movements because I didn't want to like frighten it and it react or do. I didn't know what it would do. Would it do. So we just sat there, calm, and it walked off about another twenty feet or thirty feet, and then it turned around, and looked at us again, and then I kind of just stood up, and when I stood up, it jogged off into the woods. And I turned around and I looked at my daughter, <laughs> and she had her eyes were as big as saucers, man. She was, <laughs> and she was just so. Then I looked, she was the one holding the crossbow, and and so I looked. I just happened to look at the crossbow. And I could visibly see the crossbow just shaking. I mean, just <laughs> unbelievably shaking. She was so scared. And so, um, so I, I sat back down with her and kind of got her calmed down. And it was maybe a couple of minutes after that, just watching to see if the bear came back and it didn't. I leaned over, I said, well, maybe now, maybe now a deer will come out. And she goes, she's like, absolutely not, dad. We're going home right now. <laughs> so we, uh, we packed up that day and, and left, but, uh. So we, uh, she came home and man, she had a story to tell and man, she would tell that story to everybody that would listen about how close <laughs> that bear was and how scared she was. And so yeah, we've had yeah. some, we've had some fun experiences in the, in the woods for sure.
0: Oh man, I can't imagine. We had a, it reminds me of a story. I, I took a boy out turkey hunting one time and we heard the turkeys, they're doing their normal off the roost, stuff like that. And they were, uh, you know, gobbling. And then all of a sudden they started making a ruckus down in this holler below us Mm -hmm. and i thought well maybe they're coming up this way i don't know what's going on and then a little bit later a bobcat came up the fence line and he was like maybe five yards from us never saw us and this this boy his eyes are like about as big as what they can get (laughs) you know scared to death so i can't i can't fathom a bear like you know just we don't have them you know at least not very many in ohio so yeah that would be the experience (laughs) to have
1: (laughs) yeah it was it was quite quite something that's for sure Mm. yeah especially having young kids with you that you get that that terrified expression on their face for sure.
0: Yeah. So uh, having hunted, uh, Brent, a good bit, what, what are your, what are the big things I think that you've, you've learned or uh, life lessons? I mean, if you have any other stories, feel free, but I was just kind of shifting gears a little bit. What are some mm-hmm. lessons maybe that the woods has, has taught you?
1: Hmm. Well, I tell you what, one of the things that, that I love about being in the woods is, uh, one is a, there- Appreciating what God has given to us, um, you know, I I love I love the concept that our God has entrusted these things to us. That He's entrusted the woods and our environment to us. That we are to be good stewards of that. Um, I think we go back to the to the scriptures in, in Genesis where uh, God gave uh, He gave dominion over everything to man, and it's our responsibility to be good stewards with the resources that he's given to us, and so um, just land management is is something that's important to me. And um, recently, in the last several years, I've I've really taken up a, a uh, interest in farming and things of that nature, and uh, just trying to raise our own uh, produce and um, beef and things of that nature. just I love that concept, and. Um, so that's one of the things that, that being in the woods has taught me. Another huge thing for me uh, as it relates to hunting and being in the woods is just how valuable it is for us um, uh, to invest in other people. And so one of the things that, that has been so pivotal in my life is uh, obviously people investing in me over the years. But now that I'm a father um, and I uh, have, have kids of my own, uh, the idea of of getting to share the experience of what God has created, because um, it's, it's not just the, the idea of harvesting an animal that's enjoyable. It's it's the work that goes into cultivating the land and setting up tree stands and learning animals' behaviors and, and all the different things. And then when it comes to hunting, you get to witness everything that God has made and, and how it all relates to each other and how in harmony it works that God is good in that way. In His creative order, um, but then the idea that I get to I get to enjoy that with my kids, and um, so I love the fact that all three of my kids now have all harvested uh, deer, um, uh, and every time that and in every one of their first harvest uh, of of an animal, I was able to be there with all three of my kids, and I can in my mind I can distinctly remember every single moment like right? i mean i can remember every single detail of where we were when it was w- using all the different things what the deer did when it came in all the different things i can remember all of that i can remember their re- reaction after the fact and, and their joy but also their appreciation for the fact that god gave us that opportunity and it was going to provide food for our family for um The the short time after that, and so all of that is meaningful to me, and I I love that aspect of love that aspect of hunting in the woods. But but more than anything, what it does is it just drives into me this passion that it's our responsibility to share with others. It's our responsibility to pour into other people, and so when I think about my kids, not only have I had the opportunity to teach them. Um, what it looks like to hunt and manage land and uh, care for the environment, all that kind of stuff. But the other aspect is I've had the wonderful privilege, my wife and I have had the wonderful privilege of being able to pour into them what it means to be a believer in Jesus. What does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? What does it mean to live out your faith? So it's not just the idea that, oh, we get to go hunting. But no, in those, in those drives to the hunt camp, in those hours that you sit in the tree stand uh, together, you're you're getting to talk about real life things and talk about situations you get into and how do you um, how do you handle adversity and they get to see what it's like to um, to care for other people and bless other people and so in all these different things, I to me the idea of hunting with other people just reminds me of our responsibility as believers that 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 our ultimate responsibility is to give away what we have right to give away this Mm. faith that we have to give away this love that we have for God to other people and help them experience that and I've had the awesome privilege of being able to do that with my kids and and now as my kids are getting older I'm looking we're we're actually looking to start a ministry here where we uh, take youth that uh, maybe don't have the opportunity to hunt take them out into the woods and be able to have a ministry of, of, of some kind of degree like that where we're Introducing the hunting, but also having an opportunity to set an example for them as well. And so those are huge things That's that have cool. come out of my time in the woods. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's huge. I think I completely agree with what you're saying. And I, I mean, my daughter's is three and four and I'm hoping one day that she enjoys that and I get to pass it on. I'm not going to force it. Um, but right right now she enjoys shooting her bow and it's, I, I enjoy, I think what you're talking, I enjoy teaching people things. Um, I'm no, I don't claim to be an expert, but I have learned some things. And so I really, when it comes to hunting, also whenever it comes to faith, what I do know, I don't want to just sit on it. I want to pass it on so that it might be able to help somebody else out.
1: Yeah, that that is true. Yeah, yeah. the the idea of um, the idea of modeling, the idea of of giving what we know away, um, is it, so valuable. Because if if no one did that for us, we wouldn't have the faith that we have. If nobody invested in us, we wouldn't have the knowledge we have of Jesus, and our, we wouldn't have our faith. And so. Um, well, that's our responsibility to do that. And, and so I think that for us as, as a believer um, one of the huge things for us is That yes, we need to we need to pass on knowledge that we do have But at the same time we need to continue to grow one of the one of the things we say all the time in, in our ministry is is you can't impart what you don't possess. I can't give away what I don't have and if I don't have a great faith in Jesus, if I don't have a, a, a desire to honor him, I can't give that to somebody else. I can't instill that in someone else. And so it needs to be a rich relationship that we have with Christ in hopes that that give us the opportunity to give that to someone else and and, and allow them to understand that as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. Absolutely, you know, this podcast most people are used to. You know, uh, this is about the time I typically w- wrap up, and I might tie like a verse at the end. But I want—can I throw a curveball at you? Yeah, go um, for it. Normally, I tie in some sort of verse. I want to read a verse, and I want you to—would you want to take a stab at just kind of explaining it? I think it kind of relates to what we're talking about. You probably already know. Yeah, it.
1: sure. Go. For All it. right,
0: so let's 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 do that. Psalm one twenty-seven. Uh, says, uh, verse 3 says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. And this is the part a hunter will love. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Uh, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Brent, would you unpack that? Like What What do you think? I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about that verse and and that thing, but what does that verse kind of mean to you? What What stands out to you about that?
1: Well, I think that there's multiple things that come out of that verse that, um, in my mind, um, first of all, uh, stand out. One of the things, um, where he talks about they are a a reward um, from the Lord. They're a heritage from the Lord. Um, I think that many times we don't think about that, that, man, what a blessing it is to have children in our life. And And I realize that that is a luxury that some people aren't afford it ever. I understand that. And so, um, that's not a guarantee in life, but man, when you do have kids, um, it is an incredible blessing. Um, but with that blessing, I think comes an incredible, uh, responsibility as well. Um, so I think about, so when, when, when this was written, um, gosh, I mean, over our 3000 years ago now, uh, with Solomon writing this, uh, I think about these words that he writes and he talks about an arrow, in the hand of a warrior, and one of the things that I think is is interesting is that in in those days when Solomon writes this, Solomon doesn't um, he doesn't have the luxury of going on to uh, Cabela's and ordering his <laughs> arrows from uh, from Cabela's or running to the nearest Walmart and buying his arrows. He he has to make them right. I mean, he has to find the right wood and uh, whittle it down lay it down and, and add fletching to it and a knock and, and, and everything he has to do to make sure that arrow, um, is proper and ready for use. And I think about that in, in our life as well, that, you know, we have our kids for a season. Uh, you have your kids for, I don't know, 18 years, 19, 20 years when they're somewhat under your care. Um, and, and, and our responsibility, I think as believers, our responsibility is not to, not to create happy kids, but to create and, and help cultivate holy kids, kids that love the Lord. Um, and so the time that we have, we need to invest well. Um, we have an opportunity to, to help train them to who God wants them to be. And then the other part of that that I think is interesting is that arrows are intended to eventually be used, right? And an arrow is eventually meant to be uh, Launched from a bow um, in order to hit a target, and um, and our our aim, at least my aim as a parent, um, is that my kids, uh, the target, need to be doing the will of God and please God with all of the, all of their life. But the honest, scary part about that is, is that, uh, and I think every hunter would understand this: that listen, you you can control a lot of stuff, um, you can control a lot of things. Um, wind direction and scent and all that kind of stuff, make sure your bow works good. But if you're archery hunting and the one thing you can't control is once you launch that, you're out of your control. Um, it might hit a branch. It might hit something. The deer might jump the string. I mean, it, there's all kinds of things that can happen, um, um, but you have to trust that the training you've taken, you have to trust that the practice you put in, you have to practice. You have to trust that the equipment you are, is going to work right and I, and I think that equates to our children as well that we've got this season of life that we love our kids and we train our kids and we pour into our kids and we model for our kids and then when they get to be 18 years old, 19, 20 years old, we have to let them go, right? We have to mm-hmm. release them, let them go into the world to make their mark in this world and, and they're, they're not under our control anymore and so we have to trust that the things that God let us do as they were growing up is going to help shape their future and there's a trust factor there, but it's also, man, it's also a great reward when your kids um, can go into the world and make a difference and live as good, honorable people that love the Lord. Man, what a what a treasure that is to a parent to know, like, hey, my my kids have made it; they've been successful, and so that's what I take from that verse.
0: Oh man, I'm so glad that I asked you to do that because you 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 explain that about ten times better than what I could. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know about uh, that.
1: Maybe uh, I missed the whole mark, but I, that's what I take from it.
0: Yeah. Oh man, no, that's that's spot on. And I never thought about the arrows. They would have had to make their own arrows. They would not have came. You know, I'm I'm not good. I haven't dove down into that hole yet of trying to make my own arrows. But you're absolutely right. They would have had to do that. And there's such a good a- analogy. Uh, in, in that so yeah well Brent man I, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that you know um, I kind of cut you off and we jumped jumped into this path a little bit but any other okay. uh, stories anything else that kind of come to mind whenever you think about your your favorite stories um
1: no I, I mean those are those are kind of some of the highlights yeah um, we uh I, I know my, my daughter actually my youngest daughter shot her first deer um a doe this year and she shot hers with a crossbow this year and so that was really exciting uh for her to be harvest her first deer and so um no i mean those are kind of some big highlights and i mean we uh we like i said we do a lot of deer hunting but we we certainly like turkey hunting as well and and actually turkey hunting down here in florida starts uh actually youth weekend starts this saturday but we start the following saturday for general um general turkey season so we're looking forward yeah. to getting out in the woods and turkey 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 is a lot different than uh than deer hunting we like it because it's a lot more interactive and you can obviously call and watch the turkeys respond and so that's a lot of fun as well so we're uh we're definitely amped up and ready for that to start here shortly
0: oh man i can't wait you guys have uh was it Osceola's down there
1: we have Osceola's. there's some seminoles above like a little bit north of us but mainly what we shoot is uh we hunt is osceola turkeys
0: osceola yeah,
1: okay that's what we're in yep
0: oh great yeah, yeah so i'm ge- i'm good no doubt yeah i can't wait yeah, I just... it's,
1: it's right around the corner oh man
0: well i'll uh maybe after season I'll, I'll check back with you see how that went and maybe hear some turkey stories too
1: yeah we'd love to do that man i look forward to touching base with you again and thanks again for the invite to be part of what you guys are doing
0: absolutely thanks brent great talking with you
1: all right thank you
0: There you go. Great uh, conversation with Brent. Really enjoyed getting to know him and hear his stories. Uh, I am not going to preach at you. I know that you guys are shocked, but I felt like Brent did a great job unpacking that verse, talking about some ideas. And so I'm just going to end by saying stay safe, have an awesome week, and remember to shed the light.